This morning I want to start by reading you a story that I came across recently. It's about a Minneapolis couple who decided to go to Florida to thaw out during a particularly icy winter. They planned to stay at the same hotel where they spent their honeymoon 20 years earlier. Because of hectic schedules, it was difficult to coordinate their travel schedule, so the husband left Minnesota and flew to Florida on a Thursday, and his, his wife flew down the following day on Friday. The husband got to Florida and checked into the hotel. There was a computer in his room, so he decided to send an email to his wife. However, he accidentally left out one letter in her email address, and without realizing his error, sent the email. Meanwhile, somewhere in Houston, Texas, a widow had just returned home from her husband's funeral. He was a minister who'd been called on to glory following a heart attack. The widow decided when she got home to check her email, expecting messages of condolences from relatives and friends. After reading the first message, she screamed and fainted. The widow's son rushed into the room, found his mother on the floor, and saw the computer screen which read, To my loving wife, I've arrived. <laughs> the rest of the message went like this. I know you're surprised to hear from me. They have computers here now, and you're allowed to send emails to your loved ones. I've just arrived and have been checked in. I see that everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing you when you get here. <laughs> well, technology's in a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing. And in fact, it may be one of the things in history that has most impacted how we live our lives. The truth of the matter is, we can send and receive messages anytime in any way we want to. The downloads are all available. The ability to send things anywhere, anytime is right at our fingertips. We all know how much we love our iPhones, right? and our Blackberries, and our iPads. We love them because it is so easy to send and receive messages. Now, let's just take one thing, and that's music. The truth of the matter is, you can go to iTunes and download hundreds of thousands of songs. You can choose the ones you like, and you can put them right onto your little device and listen to them anytime you want. And you can do some other things once you get them downloaded. You can make playlists so that you can decide what kinds of songs you want to put in particular playlists so they fit the mood. And whenever you need that particular playlist, you can just play that. You can also have the iPhone or whatever device you have to shuffle them. So if you want to hear a variety of things, it'll shuffle it all up for you. You can fit your mood just the way you like it, just the way you want it. And so this is a world that we've learned to love, right? I mean, it is a wonderful thing. I enjoy this feature every single day. I think, though, there might be one downside, and it is this. The iPhone has allowed me to hear only the things that I want to hear. 
The iPhone has allowed me to hear only the things that I want to hear. Now, maybe you think this is just about music. Is it? Well, maybe. I mean, what's true is that I no longer have to go over to the CD player and switch CDs. It's not a necessary thing. I don't have to um, adjust the radio dial to get to a station that I like to hear. I don't have to make that effort. And above all else, I do not have to listen to the music that my partner and my daughter like. All I have to do is put in my earphones, get out my iPhone, and listen to the music that I want to hear. But is it... (laughs) I couldn't have planted that better, I don't think. (laughs) But is it just about music? That thing about hearing just what I want to hear. I don't think so. Think about it. Um, What about couples? What about friends and families? See, here I think is the problem. We have lost the art of listening. We have somehow disengaged from the art of listening. Isn't it true that couples sometimes, because they so have a need, they cannot sit and hear the other? Isn't it true that friends, when they have a disagreement, sometimes turn a deaf ear to one another and just move on to the next thing that makes them feel better? Isn't it true that when you've been in a restaurant lately and you see a family come in and sit near you, Or maybe it's your own. I'll let you work with that. (laughs) What do you see? You see the children playing on their iPhones, right? And you see the parents playing on their iPhones, right? And if they're not doing that, they're staring off into space. There seems to be no interaction. And without interaction, there is no listening. What has happened to the art of just listening to one another. You know, I think this is at the heart of the Advent season. That we have to be able and willing to slow up just a little bit and be present to this time of waiting. Because the waiting is not just for nothing. The waiting is for the purpose of listening and seeing what God is going to download to us during this time. It may not be what we want to hear, but I think we can almost be certain it'll be absolutely what we need to hear. Now, the gospel word you heard this morning is another story in Scripture about preparation. There are many stories in Scripture about preparation. It's a common story. And all of the stories in Scripture have a common method to them. There's a pattern to the ways that God seems to have called people over the ages to preparation. In this particular story, we have first in the pattern a messenger. We have John the Baptist. 
Now, John, as the scripture says, um, was somebody who lived in the wilderness. He wore camel's hair, a leather belt, and he ate locusts and honey. Now, this is some kind of guy to send as a messenger, right? This is our leather man in the woods, okay? He was really something, and probably not exactly what people expected when they thought who was going to make a way and prepare the way for the Messiah to come. This was not what they expected. But there was a messenger, and regardless of how he was clothed or how he lived or what he ate, he had something very important to say. He was a very important messenger. Now, it's easy for us to get distant from that and say, oh, well, that's a nice story about John the Baptist. But what I want to ask you is, during this time of waiting and listening, who or what are the messengers in your life? It may not be a man dressed in camel hair, but the messengers are there. The trick is not whether they're there. The trick is whether we notice them or not. So are there people in your life that you either know, maybe don't know, that are your messengers? Is it a book and something you might read? Is it a movie, something that might move you? Is it a billboard? Is it a song? I don't know. What I do know is that the messengers are all around you. The only question is, will you notice the messenger? The second part of the pattern, when God downloads things to prepare people, is there is an alert. Now, it's not exactly a warning, because it's not something that's, like, scary. But it's just an alert. It's just sort of say, hey, something big is about to happen. In this case, John the Baptist was coming to say, there is someone who is greater than I who is coming. There is someone who will not just baptize you with water, but will baptize you with the Spirit. And this was the message that John the Baptist came to bear. For you and I, when the messengers come, what is the alert we're getting? But you see, if you don't listen, you don't hear alerts, right? If we're so clouded with noise, it's very difficult to engage in listening to what the messenger might say. The third part of the pattern is that in the preparation, we're given a choice. We're given a choice. John the Baptist came and said, not only is someone greater than I coming, but while you're waiting, you need to repent and be forgiven. Now, the word repent or repentance has been used pretty harshly in many Christian circles. And so it's a little bit difficult sometimes for us to work with this word. It may have even been falsely represented sometimes. The Greek word repentance is a compound word. And if you take the two words that make it up in the Greek, they, one means a change of mind and the other means a change of heart. So repentance at the heart of it means a change of mind and a change of heart. So essentially what John the Baptist was saying is I invite you to choose to have a change of mind and a change of heart because you will need it 
in order to enjoy and appreciate what is coming. I think I can speak for all of us in saying we need a change of heart and a change of mind. We need a tune-up every now and then. We need the invitation to choose. In this story, the scripture says that, you know, John was kind of on the outskirts of town, on the edge of the wilderness, and that people came to him. It doesn't really indicate that he went into the city, but that they went to him. This signifies to me that we have a choice. What about all the people who didn't go and find John? What about all the people who heard about him but never went to see him, never went to listen to the message? There is a choice about whether we want to have a change of mind and heart. We always get to choose. The problem is if we choose not to, it is very difficult to appreciate what is coming because that change prepares us in a fundamental and profound way. The final part of the pattern is that there is a promise in the preparation. So it's not just here are all the things that you might want to do or think about or listen to or pay attention to. There is the, and if you do, something better is coming. Something more is coming. There is a joy that you do not yet know that is on the way. There is goodness that you do not yet know that is on the way. There is grace that you do not yet know that is on the way. There is love that you do not yet know that is on the way. My friends, though, this is a partnership that we have with God. This is not a one-sided proposition. We have to prepare so that when the gift from God actually arrives... You and I can see it, and we can feel it, and we can unwrap it, and we can take it as our own. Without the preparation, we'll just miss that it is, that it is even here. The image that comes to my mind is that of the high-flying trapeze artist in the circus. You know how that goes, right? One of the trapeze artists is over here, has a bar, and one is over here. And at some designated time, they both swing. And when they get to the middle, one of them has to let go and grab the hands of the other. Now, friends, there is that moment when the one who is letting go literally hangs in suspended space. There is the time of breath where they have to trust that their partner will be there at exactly the right time and exactly the right way to grab their hands so that the great finale happens. I think this is how our partnership is with God when we consider the gift that is on its way. We are partners in this trapeze act. And our preparation is to practice enough that when we get to the middle, this season of Advent, we are ready to hang in suspended space and listen for that perfect moment. 
when the God of our creation comes at just the right time and in just the right way to deliver the gift, to deliver the promise. And that great moment of finale comes. This is not a one-sided season. God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. It's with us. It's not to us. It's not at us. It's not around us. It's with us. And we have to enter into our willingness to be in partnership and preparation. How many of you have been in New York City at rush hour before? Okay, well, those of you who have been there, you know it's a crazy place, right? There are all kinds of noises. There's lots and lots of cars. There's lots and lots of horns honking. There's lots and lots of taxi drivers cursing and carrying on and people pushing each other out of the way trying to get in a cab. And on the sidewalk, it's no better. I mean, people are like stacked up four or five deep, you know, walking like this, and you, you barely have room to put one foot in front of the other. It's really, really crazy. Well, I was there some years ago um, with a client, and I was um, meeting a friend there who lives in New York, and so she came about 5 o'clock to my hotel, and we were just going to walk a few blocks to a restaurant to eat. So we make our way onto the sidewalk, and I hadn't seen her in a good long time, and it was really difficult to talk because it was so noisy and kind of crazy. And as we walked down the sidewalk, she said to me all of a sudden, she said, did you hear that? I mean, I was hearing a hundred things, so I wasn't really sure what she meant. I said, what is it? What do you mean by that? I hear a lots of things. What is it? And she said, I think I hear some crickets. Now, I hadn't seen her in a while. I thought, something has happened here <laughs> since I've seen her. <laughs> and um, I said, I, I just don't even know what you're trying to say. She said, okay. She took my hand. We kind of, you know, shuffled our way down to the end of the sidewalk. We crossed the street to the other side. And on the other side, on the corner, there was a big concrete planter with a tree in it. She went over to the planter, and she scraped around inside with the brush there. And up under the leaves were some crickets. <laughs> okay, did she set this up ahead of time? What happened here? <laughs> and I said, how in the world did you know these crickets were here? I mean, what's this about? I said, do you have superhuman hearing? Did I, you know, what is it? And she said, oh, no, it's not that at all. She said, let me show you. So she reached in her purse, and she pulled out a handful of coins. And she took the coins and she threw them very hard onto the sidewalk so they were bouncing and you could hear them. And I'll promise you that everyone within a 15-foot circumference of us stopped dead still and looked at all those coins in the midst of that noise in New York City. My friend said, you see, it's not about having superhuman hearing. It's all about what you're listening for. It's all about what you're listening for. This season of Advent invites us into that suspended space where we decide what we're listening for. I believe that God in us and with us will speak if we will just listen. May it be so.
let's 